Hello and welcome to the Man On Podcast. I am Darren and joining me as always is Martin and Craig. How are you guys? Yeah, good thing. Not bad. Craig? Yeah, you wouldn't think me and Martin work in the same office, would you? The way we're dressed up. It's a good, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a good look. Strong. Don't get any more smart versus casual. Martin with his shirt on and pink lanyard and me with, I don't know what I'm wearing, and a woolly hat indoors. It's a nice contrast. It's a woolly hat indoors, that's what it is, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say anything else about it. In <laughs> August as well. Shameful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's summer. It's not summer. It's ridiculous. Um, cool. So, one week to go. How are you guys feeling? Yeah, I'm I'm okay. Um, I think I'm doing better than you, Darren. You've, you've, you've reached the, the stage where you're having a breakdown and deciding to go without Holland. I've reached that phase today. Um, Shades of old Darren are appearing again, aren't they? Martin? <laughs> <laughs> we've broken him. We've made, we've made him be sensible all pre-season and now he's just broken with days to go. Six, six, six weeks was too long for me, guys. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not saying I'm going to go without Holland. I think that seems, seems a bit potentially stupid. But I have just built a very, very nice team that involves Kane and Salah. And, it, and I really like it. Um, you know, they didn't, both of those didn't finish too many points off of Holland last, last year. You know, it, it, Fortune favours the brave, potentially. Will he, will he miss a few more games for any reason this year? I don't know. Potentially. I, I don't know. Maybe this is the year that he gets his normal couple of weeks out injury. But it is what it is. Wouldn't want to be on your in your house on that Friday night with his 180% EO against Burnley. And then you're sat there thinking, it's all right, I've got Harry Kane playing on Sunday. That'll yeah. Be, uh... And Salah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. there, it, it, it is getting... I think even in the last couple of days, I've wavered on a couple of players. We've still got our final decisions to make. We, we may pod about it later in the week. But I think there are a few, the, the last round of friendlies have happened. There are a few tempting players that are sort of coming to the fore now, right at the end. And this can we sort of restrain ourselves or are we going to be tempted to, to think they're good assets? So my current draft's changed a lot from the one we last showed on here, whenever that was a week ago. And I'm still expecting maybe one or two more changes between what I've got now and Friday. So we all get we all get swayed by things. It's just are they sensible decisions or are they maybe a bit sort of out there? <laughs> yeah. It's, um, yeah, I mean, it, obviously, I'm not I'm not going to sit here today and tell you guys my team that I've just created is set in stone, but I do like it. But you're you right. Said that for WhatsApp, don't you, Darren? That one. Yeah, I do. Yeah, um, <laughs> I do. I got to be honest. I I think I'll end up with Holland in all fav in, in all fairness. But I think I might be changing maybe formation potentially. I don't know. It's good. Yeah, playing, yeah. The good thing is playing around with it today. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking like now if I actually got rid of Salah and then put Holland back in for Kane, and then I've got loads of free money still, and I'm like, okay, what could I do with that? And I'm, I'm building again and I quite like it. So I'll, I'll see. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll go we'll go over there and see. Um, but yeah, I think going against Holland is probably just un- it's just unwise, isn't it? Let's be fair. Um, well, anyway, today, yeah, it is game week one. Yeah, season predictions. This is our predictions one. We did this last year. Um, not to this year, but I, I quite enjoy this one. Yeah, uh, we so- did all right. We we did all right as that as well last year. To be fair, but we um, did. yeah, we came back to it, didn't we? A couple of weeks ago in our in pre-season. 
we're going to go, but we'll we'll go through the game week one fixtures first, just as a just as a kind of crutch to, I suppose, give our final thoughts on each team just as we go into the final week. Um, so, and and then yeah, and then we'll do our season long predictions to to finish up. So for for anyone new here, and I can see two people in the chat called Lens, Gabe, and Berno, who I've never seen before. In all fairness, so you think you you're quite new, so welcome. Um, we do this every week on a Monday. We go through the preview of the games coming up that week. Now, usually they have more stats to them, but because there's been no football, <laughs> we can't have those stats. Um, but this is what we do. This is it, uh, and we go through uh, these here. Uh, and but we've got more stats underneath, obviously the teams of XG, XA, that kind of thing. Uh, but we don't have that data available at the moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so um, rather than focusing too much on the actual fixtures themselves, we we'll say we'll just use this as a format to to give our final thoughts on each team, I suppose, as we go into the new season. So, um, so Burnley versus Man City first. Um, obviously, I've watched. Um, I watched, you know, as a championship fan, or last season I was a championship fan, not anymore, sadly. Um, but um, obviously saw a lot of Burnley last season and, um, yeah, really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do in the Premier League because it's this isn't Sean Dyche's Burnley anymore. Um, and I think it's going to go one or two ways for them, really. I think they're either going to they're either going to play really good football and score a good amount of goals and sort of be fine, Um or they're just going to concede too many at the other end, and it's going to be a battle for them. I'm, I'm really not sure what way it's going to go. So, um, so yeah, exciting times. But they will give it a go. They will absolutely give it a go, Burnley. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's not going to be the Burnley you're used to. But, um, but yeah, I suppose in terms of game week one assets, um, there's, so there's um, Bayer there, 6.1% is their highest owned asset as it stands. Um and you've got Taylor at 1.1 and everyone else is under 1%. So, um, so yeah, it's it, interesting one. I haven't gone. I've got 2.4.0 defenders, but neither of them are Bayer. Hmm. Um, just because, well, at the moment, I've got Baldock and Kabore. See, they're both wing-backs, whereas Bayer's a centre-back. Yeah. Um, and Burnley, Burnley and Luton miss game week two as well. So... Probably no need for me to risk having Bayer and Kabore because um, then I've got no bench in game week two. Um, so I've just gone with the two wing backs basically, just because on the off chance I do need them, you know, they may as well have the ones that might get used to an attacking output. Whereas Bayer obviously plays centre half, so he's uh, he's my least preferred um, least preferred option, but. Uh, so that's that's Burnley. It, either of you two got anything else to say on Burnley? No, I mean they're, they're arguably the better of the promoted teams. I'd say, um, obviously, Vincent Kompany's uh, uh, turned out to be a fantastic manager uh, for them. And yeah, echo what you said. It could it could go either way, um, but don't see them doing great against City. I don't. I don't currently. If I had, if I had a proper locked in team, I don't have. I've never looked at any having any Burnley ever. Um, Bayer would be the one because, uh, yeah, he's a playing defender, but I, I don't have anything at the minute. I think it's one of those with Bernie. I'd probably expect them to finish sort of lower mid-table because I'm of the viewpoint that good tactics uh, is more important than slightly better players. So even if their players are a bit inferior to some other teams around the mid-table, 
I think tactically through company and what we saw last year, I think they were set up quite well. He obviously has learned from Guardiola. There will be a big sort of element in the way Guardiola played in the way Burnley play. And that's we, we obviously know from Guardiola how good tactically that is. So I, I think they'll tactics-wise be better than a lot of teams in the bottom half. Um, I say maybe player-wise they're not quite as good, but I think that will be covered by the tactics. So I'll probably firmly expect them to finish like 13th, 14th or something and probably not really be involved in a in a relegation battle. Uh, I guess the issue is that those early fixtures aren't overly good, right? Three home games, their first three games are all home games, but you can't really see a clean sheet in any of them. Villa, I fancy to score quite a lot. Tottenham are flying for goals and attacking output at the moment in pre-season. So you can't really expect a clean sheet in any of them games. The three after are not amazingly good either. You wouldn't be surprised at those first seven that they don't keep a single clean sheet, would you? Um, and no. if you want Bayer, as you say, he's, it's clean sheets really and maybe some bonus that comes with that that it's going to be a source of points yeah and so I haven't I, I did have him he was the first four million defender in my very first draft uh, I've moved to Kabore now we'll see Luton's fixtures later but I just think there's probably more scope for some clean sheets they've got some slightly weaker attacking teams than what Burnley have got so I'm, I'm picking him more for that reason rather than Kabore maybe being a better attacking out that but I just I just don't think Burnley will keep clean sheets in these first seven. It's just against teams that will score goals, I think, on the whole. Yeah, agreed. Um yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think I think it could go either way for them. Like they, I kind I kind of agree with you, Craig. I do expect them to be to be all right. Um but there is there is that danger that they will just concede too many goals because they haven't they haven't really they haven't really got a centre forward like um, see, last season they had Nathan Teller, who, for the moment at least, is still at Southampton. Um, and um, yeah, other forwards they used last season just aren't aren't there anymore. Um, so yeah, you, they they need the likes of Zaore to to step up. He could be, I think, with Burnley. I don't know who it will be yet. It could be Benson. It could be Zaore. It could be um, uh, um, Oberfemi. They've signed as well. It could be Brownhill. Somebody, somebody there will will probably end up in people's teams at some point because it will be a cheap asset that's that's delivering points, and people will realise that Burnley actually going forward are going to be pretty good. Um, so I think players will emerge from Burnley, but at the moment I'm just not sure who it will be. So. They're kind of like a fourth level. If you look at Man City being like the tactical elite, I think for a lot of last year Arsenal were kind of the secondary to that, and then. Tertiary to that was probably Brighton, who had a really good attacking uh, structure, but maybe inferior players. Burnley are probably the next run down from that, aren't they? Not this mm-hmm. team isn't as good as what Brighton had through most of last season, but tactically they could play in a similar way. Um, it's just whether, say, that player quality is is good enough. But yeah, I, I, I don't expect them to be involved in a relegation battle. No, no, I don't think they will be either. Okay, uh, cool. Right, let's move on from Burnley. Uh... <laughs> so arguably, something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Man City. They're playing Man City. Um, so, yeah, Haaland. So we're all going to pick Haaland, right, Darren? Well, well I, 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 uh, I am. I am going to pick him. Like I, I, <laughs> I made a draft without. It does look nice, but it's stupidity. And I can get a good. I was happy with my draft before that as well with him in. So, I'm. I'm not going to go without him. It's just a yeah. fool's errand. Eighty-seven. percent um, owned tells me that. Bloody idiot. Yeah, 87. Um, next highest is Stones, 28.2. Uh, and then you've got De Bruyne at 13, Foden at 12.3, Edison at 14.1. Um, 
yeah, Foden's the one for me. Uh, he's in my team at the moment, but obviously didn't start the Community Shield. Did come off the bench and was pretty good. Uh, so that's that's kind of a decision for me. Right? Uh, who am I going to start with there? Do I go with Foden? Do I go with Madison? Do I do I drop down to someone like Matoma or March or Diaby, something like that? Um, so that's still a space in my team that's kind of up for grabs. What do you guys have a, a view on how risky or not Foden is? Uh so this is where my so today was Haaland. Should I get rid of Haaland for Kane? So yesterday and the, the whole week or like last week was Foden. Foden was in my draft, he wasn't in my draft, he was in my draft, he was, and I and it was driving me nuts to a point where I just was saying, Do you know what? I can't take the chance. I'm just that 7.5 can be used better places, people you know are going to play. So I went to Madison, um, and that's where I ended up. Um, it's so hard. Like, even Bernardo tempts me at 6.5 to play on the right wing. He's where he started yesterday. Even even in the center, he's creative, and it's like, wow, he's 6.5. Is I looked at his last um couple of seasons points and they weren't bad at all. You know, he's aver- he was averaging about 150, I think. And it's like, well, what do you do? Um, I think, you know, it's really, I think Man City are really, really difficult. It's worth pointing out uh, with Man City that Garvidal got priced up at 5 million today for the defence, um, mm. which definitely could see some people potentially come off Stones or Diaz, etc. Um, I know I, I might go for a double up, but... Their midfield is a minefield. Even even with even with Gundogan and Mares gone, like Alvarez is stepping up and going straight in there as well now. And it's like, well, do you do you put Alvarez in your team? But like six point five forward slot playing in midfield doesn't fill me with much love either. So, uh, personally, uh, I'd I'd leave Foden. I think it's too much of a gamble. Don't know why he's bloody class. <laughs> Well, the hard part is those first seven games all look winnable to me. I, I fully expect Man City yeah. to win all of those first seven. They'll probably score around 25 goals in the process. So you kind of feel like you want two pieces of that. Um, but then yesterday it felt like in the community shield, tactically, I think they didn't have enough players around Haaland. Alvarez isn't the same link player that Foden and De Bruyne are. And I think they had real trouble progressing the ball from deeper positions through an attacking midfield into Haaland. So he didn't get a lot of the ball. He was well marked by Saliba on the whole as well. But I think Guardiola will realise, especially against this, this level of opposition in the first seven, that he'll need more sort of different profile of player around Haaland. Will it be De Bruyne? All seven, will Foden get it? Will it be both of them? Will I just move Kovacic a bit higher? Um, but it, I, I'm at the moment, I've only got a defender in Haaland. And I am tempted to want a midfielder as well, just because these fixtures look too good not to have two Man City attackers for this run. Grealish is the safe one, but does he offer enough output for 7.5? Probably not. He'll probably get like three attacking returns or something in the first seven game weeks, and you probably feel like that's not enough. I can see why people want Foden. It's an affordable price and it's upside if he plays, but it's dangerous, I say, right? I mean, I will say that obviously a lot of people were umming and ahhing about De Bruyne being fit and ready for the season. Yeah, he just played yesterday in the Community Shield, which answers the question yeah, he's ready for the season. So that 13% for him, 39, looks very low. So whether or not now people think about trying to get him in or not, or we try and get him in, and and, and you know that the, let's be fair, like Craig said, those first seven very winnable for Man City. Obviously, should win all seven of them, and convincingly against you know Sheffield United, Forest, Fulham, etc. A lot of these we expect to be struggling at the bottom. So 
maybe it is a case to go all in on on De Bruyne and Haaland and then maybe one of the defenders. I think I think I think you've got to kind of go for it, and that's that yeah. that was my next thing to do is to have a look at that potentially changing it up and trying to get De Bruyne in there somehow. I think it's worth mentioning because just to play play devil's advocate, there's been a lot of talk about the sort of seven point five to eight million forwards, and they're all sort of dropping like flies. But someone like João Pedro is looking like more of a solid pick, sort yeah. of as preseason has gone on. Um, so you could drop down to somebody like him and then all of a sudden, you know, you can have De Bruyne instead of Martinelli yeah. or something like that. Um, yeah. So so where it's, where, it's, where it's... Sorry, mate. He's just not completely fit. I, I, I wouldn't put good money on him playing 90 minutes in any of these early games. You might start some, go off at 60, may come on for Foden for the last 30 or something, a bit like he did yesterday. If he, I just don't think his minutes, are, or his, his expected minutes are high enough. So or mm. paying ten and a half for him at the minute mm. because of this injury. I don't think he's fully fit. Then. I think he's obviously fit enough for minutes, and he'll build himself up. But I'm not sure he's completely fit yet to play succession of ninety minute games. No, yeah, could be. But the thing is, if you look at the, you look at the teams he's got, like if he can play 60, 70, if he can play seventy minutes a game against those oppositions. There's enough in there for him to get a couple of assists and goals. I don't think it matters. It's Kevin De Bruyne. He's been that consistent for how many seasons? He's low owned. For a player of his attacking capabilities with those fixtures, he's low owned. No doubt about it. If you want to take that punt, I'd probably rather I'd rather probably rather take a punt on him than Foden and try and find the three million somehow. I think at the moment. Mm. Interesting. Okay, and then yeah, Edison, the fourteenth best keeper in F. PL was it last? Was it? Was he? No, he wasn't 14th best. SPL. He was. Was he 14th best for expected goals prevented or something? Wasn't he? Um, yeah, really low. But yeah, 14 percent owned. Uh, not for any of us, I don't think. Uh, he's not been any of my drafts. Not even considered him. <laughs> yeah, let's move on from that. Okay, cool. Uh, anything else you want to say about Man City? No, I think I'm all right. To be fair, to be in all honesty, I don't think there's much you can say, can you? Oh, let's jump on. Someone's got something to say about him in the background. Yeah, I think that's my that's my little one outside. <laughs> What's next, Darren? Uh, What's the next game? Uh, Arsenal Forest. <laughs> Arsenal Forest. Um, yeah, strong, strong looking starts of the season for Arsenal, isn't it? And I think um, Forest. Um, probably aren't where they want to be at this stage uh, in terms of not had an ideal pre-season with injuries. Um, obviously, like, uh, a one-year's not fit, is he? I think they've had some um, defensive injuries again. Um, yeah, not prob- prob- probably not ideal. I was listening to Mark Southern's um, do his correspondent piece for Planet FPL and he was um, he was a bit worried because they've not had an ideal pre-season and their opening fixtures are tough. Um, so, yeah, tasty start for for Arsenal. Um, you can probably just you might just be able to tell there on the screen that Saka, Odegaard, and Martinelli at the top there are kind of a slightly different colour because they're because they're in my um, they're in my team at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I keep I keep wavering between having Gabriel and three Arsenal attackers or having two Arsenal. Um, sorry, having Gabriel and just two of them. Or or having stones in all three of them. Um, that's what I keep toing and throwing between at the moment. 
Uh, don't know about you guys, but I think Arsenal are probably one of the trickiest teams to actually get players for because there are a lot of candidates for who I'd want. Like Saka's always been there in my team. Don't think that's going to waver. But the amount of times I've gone Odegaard, Martinelli, Havertz, and then I'm like, okay, then I need a, then I need a defender, and I and I'm like, okay, we'll go for the safe options of Gabriel or Saliba. But then I'm like, oh, Zinchenko's there, and and Timber seems to have played a lot in preseason. Started yesterday. I love I love you in Timber. So it's like I find it really difficult to pick Arsenal players. Like they. At the moment, I think I'm on Saka and potentially Havertz as well, given the fact that Havertz might also start the first game up front, given he did yesterday and Arteta's comments seemed like he was they were really impressed he was really impressed with him. And everyone will be like, Oh, Havertz up front, did it for Chelsea, it was rubbish, bloody blah, blah, but there's just that thing that's like it's Forrest, they're not great. Maybe, maybe this is the game where he yeah, he comes in and scores two up top. Um and I think it's worth gambling to find out because I don't think they're going to drop him, given the money spent much. If they do drop him, he'll be back further into midfield like he was purchased for. But I find them really hard to do, actually. I, I, want you, I think you've got to go in to this opening run of fixtures with, with three Arsenal players. You have to. I think we've seen Party and Rice have played together a couple of times lately. Obviously, they did it yesterday in the Community Shield. These three teams they've got up, up first don't particularly hold the ball very well. So I don't think Arsenal go into that game with basically two reasonably defensive midfielders. Rice is playing more of an eight in that system, but I think he'll be a six now and they will they will play a more attacking player as an eight. So whether it's Havertz dropping back, whether they put Trossard, I think he's had minutes in that role. Smith-Rowe's had minutes in that role. I think we'll get that more of that balance. It won't be Party and Rice together, I don't think, in these first three weeks. They, they may go back to it against Man United, but probably not even in that game. So I agree there. I think Havertz will probably play somewhere, but do you want to pay 7.5 million if he's playing as an eight? Obviously a bit different if he's playing as the, the centre forward. We don't know whether it'll be Havertz and Inketia. Well, or yeah. Havertz and Trossard and say one will be an eight and one will be the forward. That's it's a gamble. It's a gamble. Don't get me wrong. And, and Marcelli versus Odegaard is tricky because if teams sit back, Arsenal historically done quite well in those games with Odegaard with like long shots and things because Martinelli's strength is running in behind. If Fulham are going to sit deep, Forrest are going to sit deep, not apply any pressure on the ball obviously means that there's not as much space to run into him behind because they're deep defences. So it's, maybe it's more of an Odegaard game to get on the ball 30 yards from goal and play through passes or to shoot. Um, so I've got Martinelli, Saka, Gabriel at the minute. Um, I've got the money to... I've got the point five. I could move him to Odegaard and I'm not against it. I think Martinelli is a higher upside player than Odegaard. But maybe those fixtures are more Odegaard games than the Martinelli games because of the way the opposition set up. Um I just think the games are too good from a defensive standpoint not to want an Arsenal defender, which is why I've gone Gabriel. Um, but I can I can see why people do think three Arsenal attackers is the way, because a bit like Man City, they could easily score 20-plus goals in these first seven games and their attackers are a bit more nailed than the Man City ones. So, yeah. yeah. Well, this yeah, this is this is exactly it. That's that's that was exactly my thinking. So like, if I go with three Arsenal attackers, I know that they're all play. And then I can just have Stones instead of Gabriel, and I'm more confident about Stones than I am about Foden and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's one I keep going backwards and forwards with. Um, but Compared to risking Ketia for five and a half, we're talking about lack of strikers. And Ketia with Pedro and Haaland or something? Or too yeah, risky? Not, he didn't start at the weekend, did he? So, that's that. again, that would put me off now. <laughs> 
just feels like a bit of a waste of an Arsenal spot. I know it's a cheap striker and potentially underpriced if he gets a run, but you want confirmed Arsenal players with these fixtures, right? And then I there's enough so. of them that you can have. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And then from a Forest perspective, yeah, I just think you know those, those fixtures. It's not uh, where everyone will have somebody in Sky. No, I don't think anybody will have one in FPL. Um, but so yeah, obviously different game. I think I've got Gibbs White in my zombie team because I think at six point oh over the season that will be good. But uh, yeah, uh, but they yeah, get a not, four million keeper. Would you own them? I don't think I would to start with. I'd probably it, it would maybe be one for wild card, wouldn't it? Rather than start with them, but, but they rotate quite well with Everton and Crystal Palace. I think Nottingham Forest and their home games you can see on the screen are not actually that bad. Sheffield United, Burnley, Brentford don't seem the mm. worst. So if you can find another keeper to rotate, that says Sam Johnson's four and a half, Jordan Pickford's four and a half, might be a reason to go with that pairing of, let's just say it's Matt Turner from Arsenal, he's been linked, Dean Henderson's obviously mm. still being linked. One, one of those could work well with Johnston or Pickford, if you yeah. want to do that with your goalkeepers. So that's on my radar, especially if Turner goes there, I think I'd, he is four million. Yeah, good shout, good shout. I hadn't looked at those that rotating pair, to be fair, but yeah. Um, um, has gone. Sanchez gone to Pal- uh, Palace? Uh, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. He's four point five as well. Yeah, I think he's a great. I think he's a great shout. I'm definitely looking at him. Could be go straight into the team. They were Kepa done enough wrong to drop him straight away. Considering there's not much between Kepa and Sanchez, I think it's minimal. It's competition, which is good. Yeah, but I don't. It's a bit like Ramsdale and and Raya. If if Raya goes to Arsenal, I don't expect him to go straight in because no, I agree. you need to wait for Ramsdale to do something wrong. And I can I can feel the same with Kepper and Sanchez, maybe. Yeah, I can I can discern that. Um, yeah, one to keep an eye on, I guess. Should we move on to this one? Yeah, Bournemouth West Ham next. Um, move again, Bournemouth. Again? <laughs> Sorry, mate. So should we move on again? <laughs> I think you could do, couldn't you? Um, yeah, I think obviously Bournemouth new manager. Um, I think their their fans seem quite excited by it all, um, which is which is good. But I I think it's similar to Burnley. It's just like a bit of a wait and see. Like you wouldn't be surprised if um, somebody emerges from this list that that becomes reasonably popular. Um, but you know, it, it, you know when there's when the fixtures are good and that kind of thing. But for the moment, I just think you don't need to try and guess, do you? Um, no. You know who's going who's going to be best. Um, I, got, I think Cliver will be quite good. Do I do like Cliver? Um, to be fair, I do think he'll he'll come good for Bournemouth. There's just too many attacking mids in his team. One of them is going to be this season's Matoma, I think, in the second half of the season. But good good luck guessing. I, I like Unana. I think he's probably the most likely. But there's so many options. Um, yeah. This this left back as well. I can't name pronounce. And Ginsburg K is up there at 0.2 percent owned. I think he's meant to be a bit of a sort of forward, yeah, a bit of a forward raider, Hungarian guy. Isn't he? He's a bit of a Sort of attacking, really attacking fullback, and there'll be license, I think, in the system for him to really attack. So he's another yeah. one that might come onto the radar if he keeps getting forward. Um, but yeah, the, the midfielders, there's so many Brooks, Christie, Hernana, Cliver, there's just too many of them, right? To pick right now who the best one is. And the fixtures don't scream like you have to have one, do they? No, so yeah, a bit of a bit of a watching brief. Um, Neto Neto at four point five. If, if you are going down four point five million keeper route, I think I think Everton's fixtures are not bad. So and Crystal Palace as well. So Johnston and Pickford's probably ahead of him. But um, he does have a, he does have a haul in him. I, I owned him in draft last season. I had him and Martinez at Villa, 
And um, I had quite a few weeks where I picked Martinez and then Neto went and got 10, 11 points. Um, so he is one of those keepers that when he does keep a clean sheet, or certainly last season anyway, um, it ended up with double-figure returns. But um, I don't think he's the worst, um, but the fixtures for Palace and Everton are just probably better, aren't they? Yeah, let me see some evidence around quite how uh, intense the pressing is from this new manager, which I think is the, sort of the key to it. I think that it's meant to be some insane pressing manager, like worse than what we've seen from certain other teams in the league. So I don't know how the players can sustain that over the 90 minutes, if they're good enough even. But I think there will be players here that, as you say, might in sort of game week 10 onwards or so become interesting. But I haven't had any in any of my drafts so far. No, no. Bit of a watching brief for them. Um, and then West Ham, uh, Mabamba, 6.5%. Um, he's been getting good minutes in pre-season. He started the last pre-season friendly. Um, obviously, Antonio and Ings, um, not the most... Uh, I suppose, Antonio's been better in the last couple of years, to be fair to him. But um, Martin, we said we'd never do it to ourselves again, remember? No, I'm not saying you should own him. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I meant I was, I'm talking in terms of like keeping himself fit and available um, rather than uh, picking him. But... I mean, they haven't got many other options, have they? Schumacher's going. Um, yeah, that's odd. So, is he is he the four point five striker of choice now? Um, uh, he's he's in my he's basically now in. All, so, you guys have convinced me more recently to to put a sensible head on and not have so much on my bench. And considering that he's been starting preseason games and he's four point five, and he could he he could he'll get minutes because he's been getting them in preseason. I've been having him on my bench because he just opens up more options. So he has been on my bench. Um, I'm part of that 6.5 there. <laughs> I think if I decide to go 3-5-2, he will be my bench third striker. I think of all the 4.5s, he, he's more likely to get minutes than the likes of Cameron Archer and Balogun and people like that. So I think for that reason, you probably have him. And there's so much unrest, it feels like, at West Ham right now. They've signed no one. Um, issues around the ownership, issues around what the what the managers allowing others to do. I just think there's just a generally bad atmosphere around West Ham. So a young player coming through with some potential might be enough to convince the fans that all's not as bad as it seems. Um, so I think he probably will get some minutes, but I won't want to use him second, third sub. I think for early game weeks is fine. Yeah. Um, I won't have yeah. anyone else from West Ham. I don't think even Bowen, who's had his moments in preseason, I don't think he's really on my list at the moment either. No, agreed. He's, he's a, he was eight point five last season, wasn't he? So he's dropped, drops right down, and we're still still not having him. But um, I mean, if he did what he two seasons ago, he was sort of up up, up in around two hundred points. That would be a bargain, won't it? But um, yeah, you probably want to, like you say, Craig. But it doesn't doesn't feel like a happy camp, does it? So you'd want to you'd want to sort of see it in action first. I think. But, yeah, I mean, they signed that new guy today as well, didn't they, Alcaraz? So I mean, okay, spending. <laughs> doing something they've got to do something with the rice money for Christ's sake yeah keep the, fans the owners will probably keep it that's what will happen to it I don't think we're having anything from these two teams are we is the overriding factor <laughs> no no okay next we've got again don't know about you but I have gone from Matoma to Pedro about a thousand times and back again Genuinely, the only two I'm really looking at, Matoma and Pedro, and considering Pedro got given the number nine shirt, took a penalty in preseason when Gross, Gross was on the pitch, for me, I think you've got, I think you've got to go Pedro. And Evan Ferguson hasn't played a fucking minute in preseason, I don't think. So I think João Pedro's got to be your way into the Brighton and forget about Matoma. Yeah, he's in for me at the moment. 
um, with a load of money in the bank because, yeah, I, d- I just don't know what to do. It's, it's similar to what I said last week. Like, how much do I want to attack the fixtures and book in some transfers versus, you know, starting with a team um, where I'm not booking in transfers and I can just react to what's happening. Uh, at the moment, I've got him in just with a load of money in the bank because I did have Watkins there. But obviously, Pedro at home to Luton versus Watkins away to Newcastle. Um, I'm thinking I want to start with Pedro, but but then Watkins has got Everton in game week two. I mean, um, Brighton's first three are all good. So, yeah, it's, it's a, another one. It will go to the wire for me, I think. Um, but Stupinan's definitely in, 51%. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's... Again, what, what, do, you, what do you think? Matoma, 37.4%. Versus March two point eight. Obviously, at the back of last back end of last season, they were, you know, people couldn't decide between them or having both of them. Um, do you think that gap's yeah. too big? Like, yeah, I, I do. I, I think people are sleeping on March there a bit because Matoma's got that whole. He's so good at dribbling and going forward, but his end product is pretty terrible. Whereas March was the other way. His finishing, his end product was pretty good and. Maybe people, I mean, you can't be put off by the new guy that's coming in because he's only just signed. So those numbers were there before. So, yeah, I don't see March being a terrible option either. I don't understand that that gap, if you were. Matoma's just more eye-catching, isn't he? I think this Kudus guy, I don't know if it's gone through yet from Ajax. It looks like he's going to. He's going to play on the right. Um, so he's going to replace March, I think. So if you do go March, it's very short term. I think he'll be out of the team. Yeah. Really soon, and Kudus will play. But based on what we know right now, that gap is too big, yeah. But I can see why people think Matoma's probably more nailed. And I think he's one of those deceptive players in terms of FPL Matoma that you think he's done quite well. And then you have a look, sort of a bit more of a deeper look into how he's actually done. And he hasn't got as many attacking returns as you think. I think Estupan ends a bit like it to a point as well. That You think, oh, he's a really attacking fullback. He joins the forward line. He's always up high up the pitch. And then you look at his expected goals and assists, and it's not really that high for someone that plays where he plays. Like Cancelo a bit used to be for Man City as well. Their sort of heat maps and things show one thing, but then you sort of look at their analysis from a different way, and it's not all that eye-catching. And I think Matoma probably falls into that box as well, that he'll probably end the season with about 15 attacking returns, which ain't bad for 6.5, but I think there'll be plenty of midfielders that probably do better than him over, over the whole season. It's just playing yeah. fixtures, isn't it, against Luton? Is what you you're punting on? Yeah, definitely. I do feel like um, you know Brighton's Brighton's numbers since Deserby come in, they're like they're towards the top of the league, aren't they? For you know yeah. shots shots in the box, touches in the box, all that all that kind of stuff that you want. So I'm kind of like that's another reason on Jao Pedro. It's like, well, I know they've got the best attacking numbers in the league since Deserby came in. So why why have I not got one of their attackers when they've got three opening fixtures like that? Yeah, agreed. Um, so, I think the hard part with Pedro is whether you pick him as your second striker with a Mabuma and then like maybe play five in midfield or you pick him as a third striker, have Haaland, Watkins, someone like Watkins and him and then play 3-4-3. Three, three. I think that's the awkward part. Do you view him as the, the cheaper third enabling striker but still want to play him because the fixtures are really good? Or do you think, no, he's just woefully underpriced. There's so much value in midfield now. He can be my second striker. And it makes life tricky if one of these 7.58 million strikers sort of stands out early on. But you, have to, you obviously have two free transfers likely in game week three to deal with it if you need to. And I think that's where my team is at the minute. Do I want Pedro, Pedro's in? 
for definite. But is he my second striker with a boomer, or is he my third striker with Watkins? And obviously, which midfield, which fifth midfielder would I have in each of those circumstances? I think that's my big decision. He's got a player as a number ten as well. I think Pedro. So he'll take penalties. He's a number ten. I expect one of Ferguson or Welbeck to play ahead of him in this fixture against Luton. But that seems a trickier decision to work out who that's going to be. I think Pedro's, I think he started four out of the last five friendlies or something. I think he's like 90% likely to play, which is probably enough of a reason to have him, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I I think he's one that's worked his way in over the last week for me. Um, So, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. And then Luton, um, Nope. (laughs) <laughs> Amari Bell, Amari Bell, fifteen percent owned. Kabore, much better option, only four percent owned. Um, I mean, Kabore, Kabore is going to play as a wing back. Um, Bell has got both Giles and um, what's the other guy? Doughty ahead of him. Um, Doughty's not right. He's got two people ahead of him at wing back now. So he, if, if Bell plays, then it's going to be in the back three. So I think Kabore's the the clear better option now. Um, McAtee, 4.3. I don't know if people think that that's Man City's McAtee. It's not. It's a different bloke. <laughs> if anyone's listening or watching, <laughs> thinking that. Um, so, <laughs> that's the only explanation I can think of why he's 4.3% owned. Um, it's not him. Um, Morris. Everyone, everyone now has gone like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Morris, 5.5. Um I mean, it remains to be seen, but um, I think uh, you know. Obviously, Pedro. I'm not. You wouldn't pick him ahead of Pedro, um, but um, yeah, one point eight percent owned. I think he could. He could be good. He's one of them players. A bit like again, I'm not saying he's he's as good as Tony, but it feels like he's on the kind of trajectory that Tony was on when he came up with Brentford. You know, he's had a he's had a couple of moves that have progressed him within the football league. And he stepped up every time, um, and and now he's going into the Premier League. Um, I think um, I think he could have a good season, but yeah, you can't really make a case if you're you know if you're in that price bracket. I don't think you can really make a case for him ahead of João Pedro. Um, no, but, uh, I'd say Kabori yeah. probably the best form in defender. Those fixtures four to seven: West Ham home, Fulham away, Wolves home, Everton away is far better than what Burnley and Sheffield United have. Mm. So he's my. I think booked in fifth defender now, Kabore. I'm not expecting to need him in any of those four games, but you might as well take it as a precaution, right? And and, and own him just in case he gets desperate. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's in. He's in for me. Um, so I so say I, th- I think he's a standout 4.0 personally. Cool. Next one. Yeah. Next one. <laughs> I do this a lot when it's shit teams. Um, <laughs> I've never considered anything of Everton or Fulham, I'm not going to lie to you, but maybe you guys have. Yeah, well, I have my eye on Branthwaite as another 4.0 option, so I've got two. Yeah, good, um, good. Big guy. So I've got, I've, got, uh, I've, got, I've got a Sheffield United player at the moment. Well, I've got two, which I'm not thrilled about. So I was hoping, I was hoping that Branthwaite might, uh, might fill one of those spaces. But again, he didn't start their final friendly at the weekend, so that's put me off a bit. Um, and then Pickford, if you're going for a 4.5 keeper, I think that's a reasonable pick. But um, but yeah, no no one else is under consideration for me. No, <laughs> I'm no. Just, no, I mean nothing for yeah, me. Not many goals in in preseason. I know that preseason take with a pinch of salt based on its team building and structure building and fitness building and all this sort of stuff. But 
they haven't let many goals in in pre-season if you, if you like to look at them things. So I wouldn't be surprised if they keep some clean sheets early on. Those first four, there's, I think Villa will score against them. But the other three is feasible. They could keep clean sheets in all of those. It wouldn't, it wouldn't overly surprise me if it happened. So I, I do think, I can see why people might want a defender. The, most teams are going to look at a 4.5 defender as a, a fourth choice. There's obviously options with um, Rico Henry, Levi Colwell, a couple of the Villa guys. But I think Tarkovsky deserves a mention in, in that discussion. He play every game, some goal threats and bonus point potential. Yeah. He starts a clean sheet. So I can see why people might think about it. Would Danjuma play centre forward? 5.5 million mid up front. Could it happen? I don't think Everton are in any way reliable for goals. I think they're more likely to keep clean sheets and score goals. But an out-of-position option with decent fixtures on paper, it may be something to consider. Cover lewin did score a penalty yesterday, though, so he is fit, it seems like, at least for now. But it doesn't always last very long with him, does it? But I think there's a few people that you could consider here, especially for these first four weeks, whether it's Calvert lewin whether it's Danjun, whether it's Pickford, or whether it's Tarkovsky. Probably one of them four, really. Um but I won't completely write them off. They've not been in any of my drafts, but they've probably made some of my shortlists over uh, recent weeks. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Pickford still might make it for me because I do have a 4.5 million keeper at the moment. Okay. Um, so that could happen. And then Fulham, I think their their best option hasn't even made this list for ownership. Harry Wilson. Oh, so, Wilson yeah. um, obviously, you've got people like Tim Ream who outscored every Man City defender last season at 4.5. It's not going to happen again this year, mate. Uh, <laughs> um, Paulina's injured, isn't he? Uh, Paulina. Yeah, it's a blow for them to start the season. Yeah. Mitrovic. I, I, I did notice Mitrovic came on as a sub at the weekend. I thought so he maybe No, nah, he came on as a sub at the weekend, I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's strange. I mean, you yeah. tell between your legs time for him if he doesn't go to Saudi. There's just another team like West Ham for now. I think all don't seem well in the camp. The manager's been approached. Mitrovic wants out. Williams been approached. He's not quite sure what they're going to line up with by the time the season actually kicks off. And it feels like they overachieved last year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they were there or thereabouts near the bottom of the league this year. I'm not saying they don't necessarily go down, but I think they'll be more involved in a relegation battle than they were last year. Yeah. Um, and if Palinia should leave, I think West Ham have been linked as a possible rice replacement. If, say, if William or Mitrovic both go to Saudi, the manager, I think, could be swayed as well. Um, not enough here to... I've not had any of their players anywhere near any of my drafts, I don't think. No, no. Absolutely. No. Cool. All right, let's, let's move on from that. Ah, now this is a good one. Sheffield United Palace. Um, yeah. yeah, Sheffield United. See, Sander Berger is on the verge of joining Burnley. Um, so I mean, they're one good player, isn't he, Martin? They got, one, they got, they got the, trust. They got trusty in from Arsenal, didn't they? Um, that they had left, but yeah, but <laughs> I mean, it's not going to save them. Let's... No, and it's <laughs> like, and it's probably a position that they arguably didn't even need when you consider the players that they've lost in other areas. Um, so yeah, I mean, since last season, I mean, arguably their five most important players last season, arguably were. And die, um, uh, Tommy Tommy Doyle, um, James McAtee, Amma Hodzic, and Sander Burge, and they've lost four of those. Amma Hodzic is the only one left. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I think they're in, they're in big big trouble. They they are the team that I'm looking that you would look to target to mo- most weeks. Um, and with that said, a lot of Palace players have made it into my draft quite a lot actually um 
given they've got Sheffield first, but they get their ongoing fixtures aren't particularly great, and it, it, it's still Palace. Now, although they've been quite good in pre-season, Eze's a standout, but again, he's at 6.5, which is quite difficult to get. Um, so I think genuinely they've got some pretty good, and Palace obviously, pretty good players. at the and, and, and the four at the bottom is actually coincidentally they're in a row. I think Edward and Mateta are not bad options at all at 5.5 and 5 million. Mateta's been playing central in pre-season. A big guy, scoring a lot of headers. Eze can put it on his head. Obviously, Elise could move, so that's not terrible for a six million. But the guy I'm looking at is Armadada, um, who I've got in my in my subs bench at the moment. But he's been getting a lot of time pre-season, and he looks pretty good. So I quite like Palace this season, and I've never said that before. Remember, <laughs> Palace, uh, and Palace, but I actually don't. Yeah. Mind. I've I've seen them quite a few times, and they're looking good. I think they go against my good players from good teams principle. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and they probably they probably do because then yeah they, they probably do in, in 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 respect but if you're looking at kind of bench options and stuff which I'm I'm looking at I don't think it's terrible they're gonna I mean they beat Leon a decent Leon side 2-0 the other day um they're not they're, they're looking quite good and and you know I d- don't know Johnson's not a bad shout for a 4.5 keeper either in re- in reality, yeah, uh, I think keepers a bit different. But. Yeah, so yeah, I, I I don't hate Palace this year in regards to uh, if you want cheaper players to tick over, you know, and and their bench options, I think I don't think that's terrible. Mm. I don't currently have any, but if I go with, like, I know there's my keeper right now, and I don't need the money, so I won't be doing it to save budget. But if I do look at this four point five four million keeper rotation, if if Turner does go to Forest, I can see myself going for Johnson and Turner as 8.5 keepers, mainly play Johnson in all, in all the games, the odd one with Turner in. And Eze is coming more and more onto my radar the nearer we get to the deadline. I, I do think sort of the James Madison type talisman from his Leicester days on every set piece takes penalties. I think we saw from heat maps the back end of last year when Zaha was injured that he was their furthest forward player. Um, strikers were dropping a bit deeper and he was running beyond them. I think he's just got so many routes to points and these fixtures, two really nice home games with Wolves and Fulham there early on. Sheffield United, as we say, probably the worst team in the league right now in a bit of, in a bit of a mess game week one. If I do decide to go for this 3-5-2 approach with Joel Pedro as my second striker, I think Eze could become my fifth midfielder in, in this setup. I think I'd rather have, would I rather have Eze or Watkins right now? I think it's, I don't think it's as easy as you might think it is that that choice, given what games Palace have got. But he's very much near the top of my possibilities before game week one. But I haven't got him at the moment. But he's of interest, I think. Yeah, he's he's the only one that I would consider to be honest. Um, unless it was unless it was like Darren says, like a bench option that I was confident is actually going to be some use if I did need. if I didn't need him. Um, yeah, as it, I just. I'm just not convinced. Like Zaha's gone, Elise is injured at the moment. They've not really done a lot of business. I I know I know they looked like you know the shackles were off and their attacking output was decent towards the back end of last season. But they had they had such good fixtures, and I just think I just think Roy Hodgson will kind of revert to type. He's there for the whole season. Um, say say they got they've got some injuries. Yeah, they've got a couple of injuries. Say Zaha's gone. I just I, I just think Hodgson will revert to type and Palace will become quite turgid again. Um, 
That's just, just where he gets a complete free roll. Right, they've got Decore and Lerma playing behind him. They're obviously going to be two holding midfielders in front of quite a good back four. Guileze just have complete free roll to go and do whatever he wants in the game and say take all the set pieces. Uh, maybe I'm being a bit sort of overthrown by that Sheffield United game in game week one, thinking that's such a good game. It's a good that's game to target. I've and I've, and I've tried to get that in as a but. The midfield spots in FPL this year are minefield. So trying to get Eze in meant I go without maybe Madison, I go without Diaby. It's it's difficult. And, I, and and at the minute I've gone without Diaby as well. So and I and I really fucking hate it. So don't know what to do. And you'd be happy about that, Craig, because he's plays for you. Um so I, I move- think it's more than feasible. You could have five, six point five midfielders at the moment and all of them be, look be quite good. Yep. You really could. Um, yeah. Um, uh, I think we got Villa next, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Look at that. Yeah, just um, just just quickly on that, I do have a I do have a Sula in my team, four point five forward. Um, I think the the guy at the the guy at West Ham might be a better option now, but um, it look it looks like a Sula could actually start the season. Um, okay. So, um, I mean, once once McBurney's sort of up to speed. That might that might change. Um, they've got another guy as well that they've signed. Um, so I'm not saying he's nailed, but at the moment it looks like a Sula could actually start the first couple of games. So that's why I've got him in at the moment. But so I'm not not expecting to use him. Hopefully, Newcastle, yeah. Newcastle Villa, one of the more awkward games of game week one, I think, to try and call this one. Yeah. Um, we just had a really interesting and very open 3-3 friendly um, in America. Again, take that with a pinch of salt as a friendly. But I think it feels like a game where both teams will score. Um, feels like a game that could be a bit end-to-end. I think both teams have got elements of their style that can frustrate and take advantage of the weaknesses in the other. Um, so, yeah, really awkward game to call um, this one. I've got a strange feeling that it might win this personally. I'm not usually a big, big optimistic Villa fan, but I've quite confident here that we'll pinch this on the counter-attack. We'll sit back a bit, soak it up a little bit, get Newcastle up the pitch. They've got quite slow defenders. And with the RB bringing a whole new sort of dynamic to our attack now, with Watkins already up there, I feel like we can cause big problems on the counter-attack in this, especially if the RB gets running up against Dan Burn, which yeah. would be quite a nice mismatch. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've put in the predictor league we do that Villa will beat Newcastle here as well. Um, really big fan of Villa this year. Uh, I've I've had three of their players in every single draft. Really, I've only got two at the moment. Um, but I I do I'm having FOMO of one already. So yeah, I do think Villa take this one, uh, and I think Villa are going to have a great season. I really do. But that doesn't rule out that doesn't rule out Newcastle of having a great season as well. Um, I just don't think they'll win this game, but I do think they're going to be a force going forward. Yeah, I suppose. What stands out to me there is I don't I assume Craig anybody watching that's part of the fifteen percent that owns Mings you wouldn't necessarily advise that. Uh, I actually do think he'll start. I think believe it or not, I think Ezra Concert is the most nailed of our defenders at the moment, which might come as a surprise to a lot of people. But we're tr- we're trying to play more of a back three. There's different dynamics around how that can work. I think ideally we want Torres, Mings, and Concert to be that back three. However, it happens whether it's Torres moving across from a starting left-back position or Konza moving across from a, a starting right-back position. But I think that's what we're trying to get to right now, those three. Um, so I think we there's a good chance we'll try and play that here. Um, so then, depending on how that all works, depends on which full-back starts between Digne and, and Cash. So that's very up in the air at the minute, which one of those two plays. Um, so I wouldn't take the risk of trying to predict that. 
maybe Digne is better for this particular game in a, in a trying to pin back Kieran Trippier so he doesn't get forward. Um, but it's a big unknown. Um, I think Diaby is literally going to play as a second striker um, all season. So I think he's potentially out of position. Um, been a big big difference maker already in a couple of pre-season friendlies he's played. I think he's going to end up being underpriced here. I would expect him to get more attacking returns and like some atonement this season. So he's one to monitor. Whether you go there now and hope that he can score on the counter-attack against Newcastle is one thing. Um, but I don't mind him as a pick at all. I'd, I'd maybe consider having him. He's currently in my Sky team. I know we're not talking about Sky here. But I think he's going to be good. A lot of the other positions are maybe not great. Watkins is fine as a as a sort of coverage of a, a mid-price point for strikers, especially with Nkunku and Jesus. He's kind of there by default, though, isn't he? Darwin's minutes insecure. The other two injured. You're down to Watkins versus Isak and Wilson, really, if you want that price point covered for flexibility. But I don't mind having Watkins. But missing another, pe- another penalty in pre-season, is he definitely going to take them now? I think Tielemans probably take them off him if he's on the pitch. So... That's one string of his bow that's gone. Um, Buendia, I think, is dependent on which side we attack down. So his minutes are risky. Louise and McGinn maybe a bit deeper. So, yeah, I think I think it's... Martinez, I think, is not the worst option in goal, but probably not better than Anana at 5 million. I think Concer's the most narrowed of our defenders if you just want that security for the 4.5s. And I think Diaby's got upside as a decent punt in midfield, but there's already so many options in, in those price points. So... I don't have any Villa in my FPL team at the minute, but I'll probably end up waiting to our wildcard, which is just after the fixtures on this screen go, and I think they're quite a lot of green then. I'll probably just hang on till then. But they're certainly on my shortlist of possible moves before then, should one or two of them take off. It's interesting that you've got none, and I've got three. <laughs> well, maybe I'm a bit... I've not got the greatest track record of Bolly Watkins. When I normally own him, he does nothing, and when I sell him, he starts scoring, so I don't want to put a curse on him. Oh, you haven't got him, so hopefully he's scoring because I said <laughs> team. So there's options there. There's people definitely shortlist worthy in this Villa team. I just think at every price point, there's someone maybe a bit better based on fixtures like Eze at six point five, Matoma at six point five, then four point five defenders. Is Conser really the best one? Yeah. Um, if you go cash and he plays, I think he's there's big upside with him. He's very attacking in one preseason friendly. We basically played right wing. And that could happen in this game and in a couple of these early game weeks. So he could become a bit of a bandwagon early on if he starts playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't, yeah, that, those, that Newcastle away game puts me off enough that if I owned one, I probably wouldn't want to start them and say, what's the point in owning one? You got any Martin of these? Um, no, I don't anymore. Like I say, I, I did have, I've had Watkins for, for a little bit, but um, I just kind of feel like I want to start with a Brighton attack now. Um, so yeah, he's he's out for the moment. Um, I mean, if I was looking earlier, do I definitely want to go without Salah? Um, and if I do end up with Salah, then Diaby is you know I'll need a six point five midfielder, and Diaby would be on the shortlist for that definitely. Um, but yeah, the the other thing I was going to mention is I know we we've, we've spoken about this on previous pods, so we won't labour the point. But Botman at twenty two percent ownership with those fixtures. Feels like a price drop waiting to happen, maybe. Um, um, and then the other thing I was going to mention was Elliot Anderson. It's been really good in preseason. Howe's been talking him up massively. Mm. So depending on you know if you are going with three up front, say, um, or or big at the back, I suppose, then um, Elliot Anderson at four point five is maybe interesting. Um, but yeah, 
A couple aren't there. A guy Hodge at Wolves has had decent minutes in pre-season. I think he's 4.5 as well. That Ahamada, who Darren mentioned for Palace, has had decent minutes. There's a few of them. Obviously, Marvellous Nakamba as well will definitely play, you'd think, and he's 4.5. So, I don't know which one mm. I would prioritise out of those, to be honest, if I was going to get a 4.5 mid. Um, nothing Marvellous. I wouldn't go... Yeah, Marvellous has got, you know, Anderson, Anderson's um, ceiling would be much, much higher than Nakamba, for example. But Nakamba's probably more safe to play. So, depends which way you want to go, doesn't it? I mean, if they're just going to sit... If they're just going to sit on your bench, then... I would go for the one that's um, got like price rise potential. Um, and, and I think that could be Anderson, maybe. Uh, yeah, that would be my take. Okay, nice. Last game? Uh, no, but we'll go to the next one. No, is this the last game I meant? <laughs> no, it's not. All right. Um, <laughs> um, Brentford versus Tottenham. Uh, yeah, I mean, we were, we were talking before the pod, weren't we, about Tottenham's um, attacking numbers through pre-season what would what were they Craig what were the stats you were spitting at us earlier 50 shots uh, 50 shots on target in three friendlies against West Ham the uh, Oil Lion Sailors or whatever they're called and then Shakhtar Donetsk so I think it's about 100 shots total in the three games and 50 on target in the three games so again pre-season take it with a pinch of salt but they're quite hard to ignore those numbers aren't they yeah yeah um, so yeah again when I was saying at the beginning that Bogan's in my team at the moment but yeah Madison I'm thinking about Madison as a potential alternative to that as well so he's definitely on the short list um, Kane yeah I mean again as we were saying before the pod about Kane it's like well I haven't got Salah so I'm definitely not having Kane because between the two of them I'd rather have Mo um, but like you say Craig wouldn't be surprised if he's top scorer at the end of August it's a difficult one. He's just so expensive. Um, but he probably will if he stays, then he's gonna do well, isn't he? So but maybe yeah, just need a bit of goals, Tottenham. It's yeah. It's, it's how you deal with it. I think Sun and Kulisevsky at the moment are playing quite wide, which obviously dents their output a little bit being out there. Madison, as you would expect, is kind of chief creator. I think six key passes in the game against Shakhtar yesterday, although he's playing off the slightly in the left half space, where we're more used to seeing him in the right half space. But he's heavily, heavily involved um, and was setting up Kane for fun in that friendly yesterday. Um, even more reason to have Richarlison, I think, if Kane leaves. I know they're not the same sort of player, but I don't think it will really limit sort of their attacking potential because they don't really use the striker in that way. Kane's job isn't to create maybe as much now as it was under Conte. So I think whoever the centre forward is going to get given chances here. So Richarlison will become a no-brainer if Kane leaves. Um but for now, I don't think I can get paid 12 and a half for him. The fixtures are, I'm not sure it should have got them out of too much with the way Tottenham are playing right now. I think they'll create chances against anyone. And Madison's the other one with Eze. If I decide to go to 3 5 2, um, will I put Madison as the fifth midfielder rather than someone like Watkins in as the extra striker? I think it's probably one of our biggest decisions right now. They're, they're the three really battling for my 11th spot at the moment Madison, Eze, and, and Watkins. Um, and it depends how I want to sort of what formation I want and who I think got the most upside in these sort of early game weeks. Yeah. I think Kane's one of them, a bit like Salah as well. Like we said earlier, like about Burnley and Bournemouth, like we wouldn't be shocked if some of these cheap midfielders or cheap wing-backs at these teams emerge a bit later on. And and when that does happen, then then yeah, maybe we can look at Kane, maybe we can look at Salah. But for the moment, 
if you you know if you try and start with Kane, then you've got to try and guess which of those guys is going to be good. Yeah. And I, th- I think for me, it's rather I'd, I'd rather give it a bit of time, see which of those enablers actually come to the fore, and and then and then maybe you can look at it on wild card. But they've got those two tricky away games as well. We said it earlier: Bournemouth, Burnley. We're not quite sure what they're going to be like yet under. With the way they play and new management in Bournemouth's case, they've got both of them back to back away, three and four. Now Tottenham could smash both of them, right? Or equally find it difficult against both of them if the the tactics of both are quite good. So the two big I think they're arguably the two most unknown teams this year, Burnley and Bournemouth, in terms of what we can expect from them. So it's not ideal for Tottenham to have them back to back both away. And even Tottenham within themselves are a bit of an unknown. So it is awkward to 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 go for one. I think Adogi may come into the reckoning as well as a good yeah. defender at 4.5 at one point. I think at the moment they're, they're obviously learning a new system and they're quite open. I'm, I'm not expecting clean sheets from Tottenham, but mm. when things start settling down a bit and people get used to the system a bit more, he could be, like last season's a stupid and someone more like that, I think, 4.5 defender with who gets into quite good attacking positions. Yeah. Yeah, again, uh, could emerge. Um, and then Brentford and Bumo, 19.5%. Madness. Uh, yeah, I, I know Fair some people. Though, yeah, he is. I just, I just struggle to get excited about it. I just don't, I just don't know if he's that good. Um, I know he's only six point five. Um, we look at what's on six point five around him. It's like Jesus. Yeah, I. It's not for me. It's uh, it's a bit of a marmite pick that one. I think, but uh, I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the don't love it side. But I'm on the I, I get why people are picking him, but it's not, it's not for me. Yeah, funny team, Brentford. I think we looked at them in early pre-season and thought Flecken's going to be the goalkeeper. That's a good own at 4.5. Then you look at Rico Henry and Pinnock and stuff, 4.5. Brentford are solid team. They're solid picks. Then you've got Embuemo and, and Wissa being quite cheap in their respective positions. And they're one of the teams where everyone's gradually started to phase off them, aren't they? I think go back three weeks or so, I think most of us would have probably had at least one Brentford player, maybe two. Now mm. we're getting to the point where they're sort of less and less owned. Um, it, I can see it with him, but you know, I say he's not. He's, I'm a bit like you, Martin. I think he's not quite on that on board with him like others seem to be. But if he does take their penalties and he is playing sort of up front in a three-five-two, there's mm. there's reasoning behind it. Yeah, pictures are quite good as well, aren't they? Fulham, Palace, Bournemouth is pretty good. Two, three, four, and Tottenham will concede chances, I think, as well in game week one. So there is reason. Yeah, there is. Uh, right, Chelsea, Liverpool is next, I think. Yeah, um, Chil. Yeah, Chilwell's creeping up. Um, I think the gap between him and James a couple of weeks ago was quite a bit bigger than that. Um, mm. But yeah, Chilwell's creeping up. So James is still ahead of him. Um, interestingly, people seem to have learned over the last week or two that Chilwell takes corners, um, which I thought I thought was quite funny when I saw that all over my Twitter timeline. Um, but yeah, um, again, he's in for me at the moment. Um, again, I keep umming and ahhing between him and Shaw. Um, again, it's another case of do I want to attack the game week one fixture with Shaw, and then um, and then kind of book that transfer in, or do I just start with it? But um, at the moment, I'm leaning towards just start with Chilwell. Okay. There's not, there's not. I mean, Shaw. I think Shaw probably will keep a clean sheet against Wolves, but I don't expect him to go like absolutely crazy. Like, I just think maybe. Is it worth booking in a transfer for six points or maybe seven points um, when you know it's not impossible that Chilwell could get something against Liverpool? So 
probably just start with him. Um, that's how I'm thinking at the moment. It's a no-brainer for me. Chelsea attack down their left. Liverpool are very open down their right. So in terms of matchups, it's a great one for Chelsea. And he's got a West Ham team in disarray. And then Luton and Nottingham Forest who are probably going to be two of the teams near the bottom, you'd think. I don't think you mess around. You just get Chilwell in. Um, I think game week one's there for him to get points. He'll put, I don't think they'll keep a clean sheet, but I think there's big attacking potential opportunities for him. Um, I've got Colwell in my team at the minute as well. I think he's probably the best 4.5 because of that run between three and eight or three and seven, whatever it is. Um, looks like he's got to play all the games now, signed the new contract. Badia Shile's still injured. So I think if you need that, he'll be my first sub. So if I need that security, I, I quite like those games for Chelsea clean sheets. And the third Chelsea's suddenly got awkward. I think Uncle injured. He was my third Chelsea. I could just go straight to Nico Jackson and play him as one of my three strikers. Chuck Wameko has played quite a lot in pre-season. He's played quite a lot of number 10 as well. 4.5 mid. He may be the best. When you said Martin earlier, 4.5 that may go up in price. It might even be him. So if he plays the first couple of games, which he could do, then going into Luton, people see a Chelsea midfielder at 4.5 starting. He's got to go up a little bit, I think. So it's him. Mudrick's impressed a bit in pre-season. Not, I don't trust him enough at the minute to have him at 6.5, but another one who could be a bit of a bandwagon if he starts well. Quite a lot of options suddenly at Chelsea at the moment. And I'd quite like to have three, but I also don't want to block myself out of getting to another one because I'm not yeah. sure which three I actually want. And if you if you start with three, obviously you've blocked yourself into a corner a bit, haven't you? So oh, I've got you well and Colwell at the moment. Um, and I'm leaving the third one open. I was um I was literally about to say what Robert Ducky's just said in our chat. Um, I literally just saw it. Nkunku's going to be out for at least two months. He's done his ACL. That's not good news for them. So Jackson up front, really, then, until if they sign Vlahovic or someone else. And I say Chuck Romaker may carry on playing as a 10 with Madrid and Sterling and Madueke, two of them to the side of him. Could be a really cheap enabler at four and a half if he carries on getting minutes. I know there's a lot of attackers to rotate here, but so he may be the one that goes up in price if you want to fill up a Chelsea spot with him. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, I've only got Chilwell at the moment, but um, mm. you're going to want three, aren't you, from Tricky. that three to five run? I said I don't value West Ham away as being that hard at the minute, the way they're looking. So I yeah. argue you probably want them for that, and say Liverpool can't defend. So maybe you do get extra Chelsea in now and play them one to five or something. Yeah, it's or maybe it's a, Jackson. maybe it's another argument for trying to not book in not booking transfers as well, maybe elsewhere. Um, you know, if you can if you can go into game week three, Chelsea Luton at home with two free transfers, um, a bit like a bit like what I've been saying in Sky, really, if you can buy yourself some time with Chelsea, that could be really important um to to make sure that you get the right ones. Um so I think that that maybe equally works in FPL now, doesn't it? But Mudrick's the one I'm watching. If you've got a team down with a couple of six point fives, that could be quite handy because I think yeah. he could be he could explode. I, I really liked him when Chelsea signed him, obviously under last year under the tactics and other factors didn't really work out for him. But he seems to be a bit on it again in preseason. If he knows down that left forward position in the four three three with Chilwell getting around him as well, they do play a lot down that side. Um he could be a great one. Um in game weeks three and five, can you imagine Kabore getting overloaded with Chilwell and Mudrick? That might not work out well for Luton in game yeah. week three. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, you might watch the pod and go, Craig's got a point there, lads. <laughs> but if you start with, if you, if you get a couple of 6.5s in, especially if you go Brighton, that could be a nice move in game week three, Matoma to, to, to Mudrick or something. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, and then from Liverpool, 
Trent, 24.8%. So hard. Uh, Salah, what's that, 23.5%. Uh, McAllister, I mean, I, I'm i not considering him, but it's just, just come to my mind there. He went off injured in a friendly the other day, didn't he? Well, I don't... Yeah, but how, I think it was just a knock. Nothing. Was it just a knock? Is it going to be yeah, all right? Yeah, nothing serious. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it's been playing does... as the most advanced centre mid in some of their friendlies, which you may find quite surprising. So they're playing Curtis Jones as the deepest midfielder as the six, and then they're playing Soboslai as sort of a more box-to-box eight, and McAllister's got the highest average position. So we, we thought he might play a bit deeper. He obviously played as an eight a little bit for Brighton and as a ten. I think we thought for Liverpool he may play as an eight or a six, but he's still playing as a bit of a ten. So my enthusiasm for him has gone up a little bit, having seen him play sort of the right... 8 slash 10 positions. I do think Liverpool will score a lot of goals, but because of the rotation with the attackers, it's really hard to pick one. Maybe he is a reasonable option. I don't know if he'll score goals, if he's, even though he's in an advanced position or more advanced than I assumed he would be based on pre-season. I don't know if that means points, but mm. another one to maybe monitor. But it could be a case of what we say about, what we said to Darren before, about picking inferior attackers for good teams. Maybe he ticks that box, McAllister, so we should maybe ignore him. Yeah, yeah I think I think definitely to begin with. Um, again, it's one of those where you're you. you I know you're not completely guessing because they've had some preseason, but you you kind of are guessing a little bit, aren't you? Um, well, do 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 you really need to do that from the off? I, I really like Liverpool. Like, don't get me wrong, I've watched them in preseason quite a bit this year, um, but and I didn't want to go into the game into the year without any Liverpool, but I currently don't have any Liverpool. Because in midfield, it's such an unknown. Like Salah's nailed, absolutely. But that left side isn't nailed. The attacking spots are not nailed. You could argue the centre midfield is. You know, I think, you know, McAllister and Subasly will be the ones. And I do want Subasly, but at 7 million to start off with, I don't think it's the right play. And and that pains me. Um, Dota's the one, right? If we could yeah. guarantee minutes, he's the one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at two point seven owned as well, it's like he, like basically the the bottom three have been in different drafts of mine over and over again. Like I really had Darwin up until recently, but then he didn't start that last preseason friendly, and it threw me completely. I was like, oh, you know what? I think Gakpo and Jota are the ones that will play. Um, it's just too, and, and I looked at sort of their start, their, their figures last year, you know, how many they started. And it's, it was so even between Darwin and Gakpo. They were, they started about 24 each or something or, or, or close to, and it's like, it's not good enough. Like I, I want consistency. And for the point five extra, I've got Watkins. And I just think that's far, far more safe um, than gambling on a Liverpool player that won't play or will come on for like 10 minutes. Yeah, the fixtures aren't good enough to punt it. Even if they had Man City's fixtures, you might be more inclined to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If they had Man City's fixtures, I'd probably go both of them. I'd double up. Um, That way, you can't be screwed. But um, yeah, it's it's one of those things for me. I'm not going in with any Liverpool. I think that run from game week five it goes beyond what we can see on the screen. Is not too bad. It might be worth having a possible plan and how you get them from that Wolves game onwards. Because if they start quite well. I think they run from five up to about 10 or 11 is pretty good. So whether we wildcard them in or whether we use transfers to get them, we may want to get them in. I think we, there's enough in those early fixtures to think we can wait and see for four game weeks and then reassess, I think. Just just, just quickly on Chelsea, because I didn't mention much on them. Like I've got Chilwell at the moment, don't get me wrong, but 
Is it with Chilwell? Are we kind of just hoping for Liverpool? I mean, are we just kind of hoping on their sort on his sort of attacking prowess as well as defensive? Because personally, I don't think Chelsea's defence is actually that great. <laughs> um, so I don't think we're really banking on clean sheets. Now you might argue against Luton, Forest, Bournemouth. They they probably should, but I still don't think they've got a really great defence. Um, so are we looking? The fact that he's been very advanced in pre-season, is that part of the reason why? Because that's the reason why I have. I think Chilwell, James, Thiago and Colwell is good, right? With Enzo in front of them. Well, Colwell, I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, he's an unknown as well, really, for the Chelsea team. It's it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think it's it's, it's not a bad defence. And he is, his attacking potential is there as well. Um, yeah. And like I say, that run from game week three... It's, nice. it's just got it's just got such big upside, um, and again, like I say, like you could start with Luke Shaw because Luke Shaw's got better fixtures to start with. But I just I'm just coming around to the idea that that's not worth booking a transfer for. Now you may as well just start with it. Um, you can't say anyone's guaranteed to go up in price, but he's pretty much guaranteed to go up in price in game week three. Isn't he? <laughs> pretty pretty, pretty much, it, but you can see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, okay. Well, that that should be our fun opening game of the year, uh, Chelsea, and then, and then, Man United Wolves. Nobody's got any Wolves players, have they? Let's just be fair. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Uh, Allegation candidates. I've got two. Fuck with you, fucking Avon Craig. You're lying. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could have Bentley in goal as the four million keeper. You might start, and Cunha <laughs> is playing a lot of games as a five point five attacker. If you do go down the cheaper tech route. You need a third striker as a bench player. If you don't want to go to the 4.5s, I think obviously Martin mentioned the Luton guy earlier at 5.5s are possibly. I think Cunha will play a lot of games if you just want a player. I would expect him to. He was a pretty big signing for them. (laughs) Yeah, so I think think if if you're going to go with Pedro as a second striker, you could have Cunha as a third striker if you could afford it. Um, There's a couple of games early on where you might play him. Isn't Raul Jimenez 5.5 for Fulham? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but Mitrovic hasn't left yet. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah, <laughs> that was they maybe have got him in, in hindsight of that happening, and he hasn't gone. Um, but fair <laughs> point. I forgot but he hasn't left yet. Um, but he's a pretty good shout as well for that. Um, I found Man United quite tricky. <clears throat> the only person I've ever really ever had is Fernandez, and I've toyed with upgrading him to Rashford once or twice. But money dictates that I I kind of just want Bruno Fernandez. Um, I don't really like their run of games in terms of clean sheets. I don't think they'll get a clean sheet against Tottenham. Um, Arsenal, no. Brighton, probably no. So when you say Shaw's got better fixtures, he might have an opening, better opening day fixture, but I'd rather drop 0.5 and have Unana um, for me. Mm. Um, so that's what I've done. It's probably worth noting that they're, but that uh, Rasmus has come in at 7 million. I was going to sing the Rasmus then, but my voice is a bit hoarse today. Um, so forgive me but Rasmus is coming at 7 million today and I think he'll end up in going forward in a couple of people's teams um, that might or argue, arguably help Rashford as well because he'll go back to his better position on the left mm. but they need to help he's on 44.1% owned <laughs> yeah and I think you touched on it there Darren the other, the other thing that's swayed me not to start with Shaw um, is to Chelsea's good run or you know, on paper starts from game week three, Luton at home. But then Shaw's got Nottingham Forest at home. So there's a good chance she'll come to that. And you'll be like, oh, actually, 
yeah Shaw's got Forrest at home I could do this instead and then so you so I could I, I could just see myself ending up just not getting Chilwell and then really regretting it so that's another reason why I've just started with him rather than trying to go from Shaw to Chilwell because like I say trying to do that transfer when Shaw's got Nottingham Forest at home I think the temptation will be there to just do something else and um so I'm, ju- I'm just going to start with him um and then, yeah, on Rashford and Bruno, I'm just, I've got both. Uh, so Your midfield's three Arsenal and two Man United, yeah? I think it is at the moment. Big, big yeah. fan of yeah. that. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, uh, is it? I, I've, I've played around with it a bit today. So, it's, yeah, it's either that or, um, or yeah, as I said before, one of the Arsenal becomes um, Foden and then I can have Gabriel. It's, it's between those two things. Or, or Madison. Foden or Madison. I'm not sure on Man United defence. I can't make my, my mind up how many clean sheets I think they're going to get. I'm going to own Rashford and Bruno. Those two are in for those first three games. And then maybe look to sell one in game week four, possibly, if I need to free up money or go somewhere else to a Chelsea or something. But I'm going to start with both. It's just that I'm, I'm happy that Shaw's not better than Gabriel, better than Stones or Chilwell. So Shaw's not in. It's, it's mainly whether Anana's better than... Sam Johnston is probably my decision at the minute. I'm undecided. Um, I used to think Crystal Palace are maybe... Uh, can I see more clean sheets for Crystal Palace in the first seven than Man United? I think I possibly can, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think and, I th- and I think Johnson might make more saves than Anana as well. So, kind of what we said before about team coverage, if Shaw, Anana, I don't know what Man United's defensive ownership will be across all of them. Would it be around 100% or is Anana not that... It's getting up near it, isn't it, Man United? It looks like most teams are going to have one Man United defender, Shaw and Anana together, or what's that about over fifty percent, right? Yeah, yeah. So if I want Man United coverage, I'll probably go for Anana just to give myself some protection against Man United possible early clean sheets. But yeah, you know, I certainly don't want Shaw kind of on the fence with Anana still whether he's better than the four point five. So a week to try and get to the bottom of that decision. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any wolves? No wolves. No. Oh, we're into prediction time. We are. Uh, top six. I just snuck Villa um, in there. Didn't know that was coming. Yeah, <laughs> I've got Villa in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what, have I, what, have I, what have I done? So, I've got Man City to win the league, Arsenal second, Man United third, Liverpool fourth, Newcastle fifth, and Villa sixth. Um, but it's it's so difficult. Like the top eight, um, yep. it's gonna, I think it's really, really strong this year. Um, I just think you know Chelsea. Chelsea are coming from a long way back. Um, I'd, obviously, I expect them to be better. Um, but you know, it's just just not sure. It's just it just remains to be seen, doesn't it? I guess. Whereas I've got, I can see in my mind's eye um, Newcastle being good and Villa being good. Um, whereas Chelsea, it's it's kind of more a bit of a leap of faith, isn't it? I, I suppose. Um, so it's just more on what. We, what I know we've already seen um, from Newcastle and Villa that I've put them ahead of Chelsea and Spurs who who may come good, but um, they just remains to be seen, doesn't it? That's all. Yeah, I, I, I like yours actually, Martin. I could, I could definitely see Newcastle and Villa being where I've got Chelsea and Spurs. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah, but uh, I've, I've gone City, Arsenal, Liverpool, United, Chelsea, Spurs. And Craig, you've uh, you've gone for Arsenal to win the league. Yeah, because I think City, from what we know right now, well, certainly really make, I certainly, I still kind of feel like they're a bit weaker. I know they're just signed Gavardi, Old and Kovacic, but 
the players have there's been a big sort of demand for numerous years to win the Champions League. Now they've done that. Um, so I think the squad as a whole is maybe a little bit weaker. I think Arsenal at the moment are clearly stronger than last year. They've got a bit between their teeth and every incentive to go and win the league to put right what they could have had last year. I just think it's a lot harder for City to galvanise themselves to go again than what it is for Arsenal to sort of put right last year's wrongs. Um, and with Rice, with Timber, with Havertz, they've progressed again and clearly they should be a better team than last year. Where I don't think you can definitely say that about Man City. And considering how close they were for a big chunk of last year, if Arsenal have improved that much, can they go past Man City? I think this is their chance to do it. Um, mm. So I think a lot of Arsenal squad are a nice age now as well. So I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic for Arsenal this year. So is and, Thomas. Thomas has backed his own team to win the league. I don't yeah, think of course he has. Yeah, I what think with the <laughs> Thomas is like think... Thomas was a Crystal Palace fan. He probably would have put them first just because uh, Thomas is right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one can do that, mate. I think with the, with the top eight looking so strong, like you can you can spin it either way. You could spin it the way of, well, they'll all take points off each other, so Man City will just romp it. Or, or you could look at it that there are now a lot of teams that could that could take points off Man City if they're not at, at it, right? So, um, so the scope for Man City losing some games this season, I think, is bigger this season. They've arguably lost some decent players. Yeah, but but these teams could all just take points off each other as well. So, um, it needs. I think there is the possibility for someone to come through. I mean, I, I agree that Arsenal are the most likely candidates, but I don't see, you know, I think it's possible that, you know, um, mid to high 80 points could win the league this year. Um, I think Man United and Liverpool could go close. Man United are in a fairly similar position to what Arsenal were last year. They had a reasonably good team and they've addressed their two or three glaring weaknesses. They've got a new goalkeeper, they've got a new number eight and they've got a new striker. Arsenal did the same last year when they got Saliba. I know they didn't buy him, but he emerged. They got Zinchenko and they got Jesus. And they went from struggling to make the top four to essentially winning the title. Could Man United do that this year? I think it's reasonable. And Liverpool have got no Champions League, so all their eggs are focused on the one basket of the Prem. If they get a Fabinho replacement before the deadline, they could go close as well. The rest of their squad's good, right? They haven't got a defensive midfielder in them. Mm. So if they can deal with that before the deadline, I think all four of them have got I wouldn't rule any of them out from winning the league. Yeah, no, yeah, I I agree. Um, We've all got those four as a top four. Right? None of us have put anyone else in the top four apart from them. I know there's some discrepancies between fifth and sixth, but we've, we've all got, in different orders, but we've all got the same top four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't see yeah. anything different than that. Um, bottom three? It's pretty conclusive, isn't it? It is fairly, yeah. I think, I, yeah. Now, I, I'll be fair, I don't know about Forrest. I put Forrest in there when you when we asked, but... To be fair, I've been saying Wolves all, all year, um, and then I changed. But actually, I don't think Forrester are their worst. I think they got. I think arguably they could do better. Um, yeah, I've I've put Forrest in just because, <clears throat> as I say, their their opening fixtures are tough, right? Especially the away games. So they're they're under massive pressure in their first two home games. If they don't if they don't win one of their first two home games, then then they could be looking at you know nine ten games without a win to start the season. <laughs> um, and Steve Cooper is then going to be under big pressure, and I can I can just foresee a situation where they start badly, they sack him, they bring someone else in, it just doesn't work, and then and then they're in big trouble. 
Um, I can I can see that happening just with the fixture list that they've got and the preseason that they've had. Um, and then Wolves, similar really. I can just I can see Lopetegui just not being there very long, and that could be a problem for them because I don't see um, any manager that's any good um, being stupid enough to take that job at the moment. Um, so that would be a problem if he walks away from them. Um, and then Sheffield United, like I say, they've lost. Everybody. They've lost all their best players. I cannot think of a team coming up and being significantly worse than they were at the start of the season they got promoted. But they didn't in my even opinion, win the league last year, did they? They didn't even win the league last year. I mean, you could argue that if if Middlesbrough had appointed Michael Carrick a bit sooner, then they wouldn't have made it. But um, or, or 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 even if Luton hadn't had the upheaval of losing Nathan Jones and then um, and then having to get a new manager themselves, um, bringing Edwards in, obviously he did really well, but that was still a transition for them you could argue that that um you know on another year Middlesbrough or Luton would have beat them to second anyway um and now they've come up and they've lost in my opinion four of their five best players um and not really replaced them I just can't think of a, a team that's ever come up and and lost all their best players like that it's um what are you thinking yeah, about a 20 point season or something I mean, it's it's it's, just, it's difficult to make a case for them. It really is. Uh, it could be it could be that bad. <laughs> Imagine I that. I mean, I think. I mean, how, how many points did they get last time they went down? It wasn't very many, was it? And I'd say they had a better side then than they've got now. And the league in general is probably not to the strength it is now either. In that in that time. Yeah, difficult for them. Definitely. <laughs> Well, I mean, we've only got four teams between the three of us. Here, I was about to it? say, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, it looks like we've only got four teams to go down anyway. So, we, and I think if I was to ask, Spartans asked, would I have another prediction for, for four? Would we? I was like, yeah, I'd add Wolves on. So simple as that. Um, and I'd add Luton on. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So between the four, between the four of us, that's the four that are going down. I'll go different. I'll sneak West Ham fourth bottom. There you go. They can finish They're shit, but they're not that bad. My apologies to the West Ham fans that follow our pod. Um, top goal scorer predictions. Again, I, I, I look back at mine and thought, yeah, Watkins is a good shout, Martin. I do, I do like your predictions. But for the benefit of audio, we've all gone Haaland first. Um, then we've got, uh, Martin's got Salah and Watkins. I've got Salah and Rashford. Craig has Rashford and Salah the other way around, and Thomas has Kane and Salah. Confident that Kane's going to stay as old Thomas? I think Kane will run Harlan close if he stays. I just didn't, don't think he'll stay. And that's why I didn't put him in this prediction. Same, I can't same. see. Yeah. But if he stays, yeah. considering how Tottenham are playing, I, I think he could get very close to Harlan. He may even win it, the Golden Boot, as, as outrageous as that might sound. But say if you've got one year left in the contract he's unlikely to sign a new one it's a lot of money for Tottenham to throw away to keep him for a year isn't it yeah very much so they've got to let him go I think if he's not going to sign obviously for the right price yeah yeah again I've done it on the basis that Kane will leave um, <laughs> if he does if he does stay then I put him ahead of uh, ahead of uh, ahead of Watkins at least uh, probably ahead of Salah as well but um, I thought I'd throw Ollie Watkins in there for you Craig I think he'll be up in and around it you chuck Villa in for him as well. Being very nice to Craig, aren't you? Well, it's, yeah. well I mean, the, the two go hand in hand, really, don't they? Like, yeah, yeah they Watkins, do. Yeah. If Watkins scores 20 goals, then Villa will probably finish top six, won't they? So. I actually struggled to put someone third. I was thinking, who else is going to score? If Kane leaves, who else is going to score 20 goals this year? I think Rashford's got a good chance to. I'm not convinced Salah will this year, you know, because you know he's playing in his current Liverpool system. So I think his shot count and his XG and stuff will go down a bit this year. 
And I, I wouldn't be overly surprised if Liverpool do become, do get a regular centre forward. If Darwin plays enough games, I think he could score more than Salah. As daft as that may sound, but I just, I just couldn't think of anyone else to put as third on this list confidently. So you're kind of in there by just by default, really, because I particularly think he's going to score loads of goals. Salah, I think he probably gets to scramble his way to twenty or something. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think so. So I've put him second. I think it's more likely that Rashford drops off than Salah, but um, which is uh, uh, which is in my prediction, isn't it? But uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, uh, Vinicius. What was I going to say? I was going to say something. Oh yeah, um, just in in the chat, I am one nine seven four saying Le- um, Levy has rejected the latest bid from Bayern. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was before. I think we, before we potted that happened. But yeah, mm. he did reject was it. it. Okay. Uh, yeah, they might come back again. Yeah, they might. I mean, they did say final bid, but you never know. I mean, apparently they're twenty five mi- mi- twenty five minutes, twenty five million in arrears really of what where they should be for the contract value apparently then are they getting 25 million apart but whatever um so this is top assists wasn't it yeah this sorry this is supposed to say assists it still says goal scorer but yeah this is meant to be top assists um so, yeah i've gone i've gone salah bruno and kdb and then uh, i had to ask myself why have i got salah <laughs> in the top in the top three for goals and assists but not in my fpl team but um <laughs> Well, <laughs> funny you say that because I've got Saka, KDB, and Fernandez, and that's exactly three of my midfield in my FPL team. So I'm backing myself. Yeah, I think um, I say well, well, we're not picking a zombie team. Well, Salah is Salah is in my zombie team, so um, <laughs> well, so, well, so that's fair. And I'm sure I'm sure he will end up in my FPL team um, a little bit later on. But like I said before, I think it's just a case of establishing um, the best players to put around him, isn't it? But um, Great but, yes. all players in the league. We've got the same, all of us have got exactly the same three. I was going to oh, say, no, sorry, no, sorry, sorry, Martin's got. But all right, I said, like, Craig, if we go back through these predictions, yours are basically you've. It's like where you copy someone's homework but change it so it's just slightly different every time you've copied. Is that what you did, Darren? Because I submitted mine first. Did you? Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> doesn't work. That's what I did. Then that's what I did. Yeah, I copied you and just changed it a little so the teacher doesn't catch on. Um. But yeah, I think we all think KDB, Fernandez, and Saka. Um, Martin says Salah could be up there. I totally agree with that as well. Uh, again, this is the usual suspects, isn't it, guys? Yeah, it's a bit. Um, again, if Kane stays, then maybe maybe someone like Madison can uh, can sneak into it. It's a possibility, isn't it? <laughs> and the Golden Glove didn't need a. Do you know what? I looked through these slides just when we started. And I was like, Golden Glove. I was like, there's no more images. Oh, we all think Edison. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, we did this last year. Um, <laughs> we did, didn't we? Same, same image, just, just the same slide as last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's uh, there's just a yeah, Edison for the golden glove makes perfect sense, really, doesn't it? Yeah, cool. They should keep they should keep the most clean sheets. I mean, they've got six centre backs that would be like first choice of like every other team in the league, so <laughs> they really do. I, I think Laporte's got to go. I think somebody's got to make a move in the late in the window. I could see that happening. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, the sack race. One more, yeah, just a quick sack race. Um, I, know, I, I know you enjoyed you enjoyed it last time, so I tried to find pictures of them. You did it? You did it again for me? Oh, Martin. They're always so dejected in their pictures already. It's great. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've gone for Steve Cooper. Um, again, as I mentioned before, just um, they're... 
their opening fixtures are rough. Like you say, they've got they've got two winnable home games, but you know, if um if they didn't if you know if that did go wrong, like let's say I can see them opening the season with, you know, no win in seven, no win in eight, and maybe you could go. That's all. But I do like it. I do like him. I know Craig, you you're not a fan of his tactic at Premier League level, but I do like him and I do think they're depending on who they got in, probably their best chance of survival is to stick with him. But um Yeah, it might be. I just don't think you can win that many games relying on 20-25% possession. Maybe you can win enough games playing like that, soaking it up and hitting teams on the break if you've got the right players. But it doesn't seem like a recipe to success for me um, mm-hmm. with him. Yeah. It might work. No, I, I get it. I say I, I do um, I do like him. He's done a great job there, but I just think he could be a, a victim of the fixture computer. Um, bearing in mind what we saw last season, he was uh, you know, under pressure at different points and they... They decided to stick with him. Maybe this season they'd go the other way. I'm not sure. But. Uh, yeah, D- David Moyes for me. Um, don't think all's happy at West Ham, like we mentioned earlier. Don't see where their goals are going to really come from. Haven't seen much in pre-season. That convinces me they're going to be very good. They've been pretty woeful in pre-season, whereas other teams have impressed me a little bit. So for me, I think uh, they'll be struggling near the bottom. And uh, yeah, I think Moyes will be one of the first to go. Um They've also Martin's got... Gone, Martin's gone for results-based manager. Me and you, Darren, have gone for managers who uh, probably just get tired of the shenanigans of their clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, 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 that exactly, yeah. Uh, West Ham have got, uh, what's it called this season as well, haven't they? Um, Europa League. Yeah, well, which I think is also going to put a strain on their uh, on their squad. And I think, yeah, we, they're going to have some problems. I think, I think they might exit that quite early and, uh, and have a problem. Um, so we'll see. And you've gone and for Lopetegui for me. If no one, if you're listening on audio, uh, and Tommy speaking about Wolves, yeah. at, least, at least our managers back up how you know what we said about teams during this. Well, I was the one that said Wolves wouldn't go down, and yet I thought the manager was. Well, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that Lopetegui won't get sacked. They're still going to be pretty poor. <laughs> um, cool. Well, that was longer than it usually is. I'm not going to lie. Uh, usually it's a lot quicker than that, but we added the predictions on. But uh, yeah, the previews normally a bit longer than that a bit shorter than that um like follow subscribe and all that good stuff um we've got another pod at the end of this week um i too have got my free hit one at some point this week as well um and i don't know if we're doing any others this week probably i'm going to put sky one out around defenders and passing tiers and things which might help because at the moment at least in my head is about 10 defenders i want in sky and i can't work out which ones to actually go with so hopefully after i pull all the data for that pod and talk about it to myself for a bit. Um, things may become clearer. So there'll be some a passing bonus point related one for, for Sky on Defenders this nice. week. And uh, me and Martin, I guess we'll have a gaffer one at some point. Yeah, we'll have a we'll have a quick look at, um, at gaffer at some point this week. Yeah, we'll do a quick one of those for sure. Nice. Cool. Well, we're spoiling you with content. So like, follow, subscribe and all that good stuff. <laughs> Right, guys, appreciate your time. Uh, I'll speak to you soon. All right, cheers.